This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And welcome back to part two of our two-part series on parenting a child with a chronic illness. Last week, we spoke to a panel of four parents who are all raising children with chronic illnesses. Remember, you can now listen to the show anytime. Just go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. We're available on iTunes and Podcast One. On the phone with me is Robin Bryant. Robin is an information specialist with the Ohio Coalition for the Education of Children with Disabilities. It's our pleasure to welcome Robin to the show. Good morning, Robin. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing great. Now, you are an information specialist with Ohio Coalition for the Education of Children with Disabilities. Tell us about that organization. Well, the Ohio Coalition for the Education of Children with Disabilities is a federally and state-funded parent training and information center. And our charge is designed to work with families and to help them through the special education process and for them to understand what their rights are in regard to special education and to understand the laws and the process involved in the laws. Okay. Now, first of all, explain to us what a 504 plan is. I hear a lot about that. We talked about that a little bit last week on part one of the show. Tell us about that plan. Well, it is a plan that's developed with the school district and the family and the student, typically. It's based on a documented disability, and the disability must have some impact um, in regular education or in whatever it is that they're doing at school that it's making it hard for them. So as long as they've got a disability that's creating problems, then they are eligible for a Section 504 plan. Okay, and this does include young people with chronic illnesses as well, is that right? Absolutely. Okay, now what's the difference? You know, we hear about these IEP plans. What's the difference between an IEP plan and a 504 plan? A 504 plan is a, an actually a civil rights law, and an IEP is an education entitlement statute. They parallel one another, and there's a great deal of money that's attached to an IEP under specific categories. There's only 13 categories that you can qualify on an IEP, and a Section 504 plan has not one penny attached to it coming into school districts, and so it encompasses any disability, every disability, anything you can think of, as long as it's documented and they're having trouble in school because of it. Um, the, The two laws parallel each other and they support one another. The specialized instruction is the main difference of an IEP versus a 504 plan. You're going to get accommodations on a 504 plan because you're trying to level the playing field to make learning fair. And or on an IEP, it's all about that specialized instruction, related services. So give us some examples of some of the accommodations that are provided through a 504 plan. You might see things like extra time to complete assignments, to complete tests. Um, You might see a reduction in classroom work. You might see things like, um, for somebody that would be chronically ill, Um, We've developed 504 plans in school districts where they can Skype in on the classroom from bed Hmm. in the hospital in their home. That has to be set up by the school district, but they can do that, and they're right in the classroom, and they can actually participate in the classroom as well. Um, 
there's a whole range of things that you can put on a 504 plan. It depends specifically on what that individual might need. Okay. Now, you kind of touched on this. Let's talk about stop-the-clock testing. Okay. Can that be part of a 504 plan? Absolutely. Okay. And explain to us what that is. Well, you would stop the clock at that point, and where the typical student might have to turn their paper in or their test in or whatever it is they're working on, the student that's on a 504 plan, would the clock is stopped, they can finish whenever they get done. And it removes the anxiety that's associated with a lot of disabilities that comes, you know, in that form and that. So that's what that is. You stop the clock. So they get more time to finish their whatever it is they're working on. Okay. Now, I know that sometimes with, let's say, um, Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, um, children really need to get to the bathroom. Can that be part of the um, 504 plan that they can have instant access to the bathroom? Oh, yeah, they should. Absolutely. It's written into the plan that they need to either, and if they need an aide to go with them, then they have to have that person there. But that student is allowed to go to the bathroom when they need to. They need whatever accommodations go along with that. Um, And it's written into the 504 plan or the IEP that they need immediate access to the bathroom and they should not be, that should not be held against them. And in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to part two of our two-part series on parenting a child with a chronic illness. On the phone with me, we're speaking to Robin Bryant. She is with the Ohio Coalition for the Education of Children with Disabilities. Now, what tips can you offer to parents listening this morning to help them work with the school and their educators to develop a 504 plan for their child? Well... Of course, the more information you know about it, I mean, become educated, become informed, because, of course, along with that comes power. I think a lot of times school districts, if they know that they're working with a family that knows what they're talking about, you're going to get better service from them. Mm -hmm. Um, Along with that, being a good advocate, articulating well, learning the language, the vocabulary of special education as well as the 504 plan, Um, all of that, but a lot of it's just learning as much as you can about that so that you can go in there and you can be on the same level as everybody else when they're talking. And who should have input to this plan? I know parents, but are we talking about teachers and counselors? Oh, yes. Who should have input here? Who should be at the table? Everybody at the table. It should include the teachers, regular teachers, special ed teachers, the parents, the student when appropriate. I mean, in these 504 meetings, I think it's very important to ask the student what could we do differently? What needs to change in order for this to work for you? You'd be surprised at their input when they feel like everybody's listening to them and that it's okay to say that. Um, the principal should be there. Your special education coordinator should be there, counselor. Um, even if there's a transportation issue and that's written into the 504 plan, then you need transportation there as well. How do you work with your child? You know, this is your child. They have a chronic illness or special needs there, and this is their 504 plan. How do you make sure that they, if appropriate, that they understand the plan themselves? This is interesting because actually my granddaughter is on a 504 plan, and she's 14 years old. She's in the eighth grade, and she came to me, and she says, Grandma, I need to know everything that's on that so that I can make sure that the teacher's are doing what they need to do. Mm -hmm. And I was really so proud of her because I think advocacy starts with them. And I mean, that's the best way to know whether something's being done or it's not being done or, you know, implemented. Um, She can tell me 
if her teachers are doing what they're supposed to be doing or when she goes to ask for help, are they giving her the help that the 504 plan says she's supposed to get? So, and and I, I realize it varies from one student to another. Some students don't want any part of it. But it is important that students advocate for themselves because they'll probably be doing it all of their life, advocating for themselves, even in college. By the way, 504 plans can follow students to college. Um, so that's something to know, too, because IEPs do not follow them to college, but 504 plans do. All right. Good to know. Good to uh-huh. know. Now, what do you do as a parent if you find out that, you know, you sat around this table, you talk to the principal, and everyone that you suggested be at the table, and you find out at the end of the day the plan, the 504 plan, is not being followed? What recourse do you have then? I always tell parents to start with the principal, and you may even go to the teacher first and say, hey, and a simple email, a phone call, but always back your phone calls up with emails, something in writing that you talk to such and such on this date over this. Um, and if that doesn't work, then you kind of follow that chain of command. If you're still not getting any resolution, then, of course, if you need help from an information specialist, an advocate, an attorney, the Ohio Coalition has a whole list of people, but we can we can file formal complaints with the Office for Civil Rights because it's the Office for Civil Rights in Columbus that monitors 504 plans. Okay. And how often should that plan be reviewed? You talked about, you know, this plan can follow young people into college, but how often should this plan be reviewed and updated? Well, it needs to be reviewed once a year, and any time a parent feels that the plan is not working, they need to ask for a meeting immediately. So you can have as many of those meetings as need be, but at least once a year if everything is going okay. So teachers are, you know, I'm sure that they're the heart of this 504 plan. Um, They really make sure that a lot of things get implemented. Um, Mm -hmm. What information do you think is useful, or what would you like to say to teachers listening this morning in terms of a 504 plan? to make sure that you're aware at the beginning of the school year, all of those children that are on 504 plans and IEPs. Oftentimes, teachers are unaware that these students are even on these plans. Um, School districts have a direct obligation to make sure that teachers have these plans and are aware, and oftentimes I find that that doesn't happen. What would you like for everyone to know or understand about children living with disabilities or chronic illnesses for, you know, it's a parent, maybe... You know, this is not part of their experience. What is it that you want them to know or understand? That we're here and that we have rights and that uh, we care and we want very much to be a part of the typical world as well. Now, as you work with families through the Ohio Coalition for the Education of Children with Disabilities, um, what are some of the major concerns you find parents have? Uh, Lack of implementation of the plan, either an IEP or a 504 plan or their child is struggling in school and they need to get on a plan, but the school just keeps ignoring them. I mean, these are some of the the issues that I constantly deal with. Um, Some children that are chronically ill, they're being turned in for truancy and different things like that when it can be taken care of on a 504 plan. Now, you mentioned something that was really important. I think a lot of times when you have children who are chronically ill, you know, they experience a high rate of absenteeism. What advice do you give parents there? Well, they just need to get with their principal or their school team and say, hey, we need to have a meeting. We need to talk about my child's illness. It's chronic. She's missing a lot of school. What can we do? 
Um, if the school district has already, let's say, filed truancy charges, and sometimes that happens, um, they need to probably get in touch with an advocate, information specialist. They can call me, and I can go with them, and we can work things out through the court system as well as through the school district. Okay. Now, what are some resources that are available to parents in terms of 504 plans, IEP plans, or just resources available that parents may not be aware of? You know, people are listening this morning and may not know that the Ohio Coalition for the Education of Children with Disabilities even exists. Okay. Our main office is located in Marion, Ohio, and I'm going to give you our uh, website address. That is www.ocecd.org, and we have all kinds of resources. Um, We've got books available for families. We've got a ton of books. Um, We just know where to send everybody. Um, There's disability rights in Ohio as well. They've got a, a lot of resources, and they also act as a monitoring agency. Um, also the Department of Education, the State Department. Um, and you can access all of these places online. And I've also got phone numbers for them if you'd like to. You can give me a call. And my number, my toll-free number is 877 293 7169. So you've been doing this, I understand, for nearly 30 years, over 30 years. What's the greatest reward in doing what you do and working with children and families with disabilities? Seeing children graduate, seeing children being able to read and write and to have a good experience. I mean, these laws are here and they are here to make our lives better. They're leveling the playing field for children and students. And just to know that I'm able to help somebody. That makes me feel real good. All right. Well, we're out of time this morning. If Again, if our listeners would like to find out more about the coalition, we'll have the information up online as well. Give us the online address, if you will, the website. Okay. That would be www.ocecd.org. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Robin. Thanks for taking time to talk to us. I really do appreciate it. And thank you, too. Have a good day. We've been speaking to Robin Bryant, information specialist, trainer for the Ohio Coalition for the Education of Children with Disabilities. Remember, for more information on the show, you can now like us on our Facebook page. Visit Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now, like us there now, and join the conversation. We'll be back with more of part two of our two-part series on parenting a child with a chronic illness. More to come right after this.